This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome, everybody, into the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn. I've got Dylan Sanders and Glenn West alongside me on a fine Monday in March. And uh, before we get started, guys, I want to uh, I want to give a shout-out because I told Glenn – I mentioned this to Glenn before we got, went on air. But I also wanted to mention I was, at the, I was in Baton Rouge this weekend. Fantastic time. Enjoyed it. Uh, got to uh, got to talk with Glenn. Glenn came down, Dylan, from his throne in the – Aww. in the press box and uh, proceeded to talk to the common folk like myself for, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I would say about almost one and a half, two innings. Now, luckily, LSU dominated this weekend in baseball. But, uh, you know, appreciate and that. last weekend and, and the weekend before that. Yeah, and the, the weekend, weekend before that. I had to throw... <laughs> I had to throw you peasants a bone by coming to speak with you for a little bit. Yeah. I said, I said, I'll meet Thanks you. Thanks for setting no, no, it up. No, I'll come way, down. Yeah. <laughs> no, we had a great time. Um, and like I put on the board, we're really excited to get down there. And two, there was a, uh, I think two or three guys, three rows behind me that after Glenn left, he said, Hey, are you guys, do you guys work with 24 seven sports? I said, yes. He goes, we listen to the podcast. So, Shout out to you all if you're listening to this one as well. That's always fun to hear that people actually do listen. I don't know if we'll say care, but they listen to what we have to say. That's a, they throw that's it a on in the thing. background, which is really my goal is to be the person that somebody's like, I re- I got to do laundry and I hate silence. So hate silence. I'm just going to throw this on. Let me yep. just hear the mindless chatter of the Three Stooges talk uh, for the next hour while I do my laundry. <laughs> so, hey, no, listen, we appreciate it. And if you are a first-time listener, first-time watcher, make sure to check us out on YouTube. That's where you're watching us. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Set up notifications as well. And also, if you're listening in any podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, wherever you find it, make sure to give us a follow there as well. Well, guys, we talked about it. it's March, and uh, currently LSU is on spring break, but they did start spring football practice uh, Thursday, Friday, a shame that I didn't get to go see uh, and didn't get down till Friday afternoon, but you two were in attendance. You sent some fantastic video that I love that fans were so excited to see just something. I mean, it's that time of the year where anything, I mean, it's it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, so you guys were able to be there. Kind of first off, Glenn, let's start right here. We've got a couple topics we're going to hit on today, but uh, what was what was the vibe? What what was the atmosphere like in year two, uh, the second spring practice under Brian Kelly? Uh, yeah. So I mean, we've got all of twenty minutes on Thursday to watch individual drills. Um, that's kind of the the setup, I think, for a lot of the the practices that they're going to open up to the media this spring. Um, but I honestly, I mean, look, um, 
I, I would say a little bit bare in terms of some of the positions and, and the players that weren't out there. Um, certainly you looked over at running back and you only see uh, two scholarship players uh, going through individual drills. That was a little bit concerning. Um, offensive line uh, had, I think, six or seven guys out there. Um, that's that's something you've got to definitely shore up. And look, Brian Kelly talked about it later that morning that they've got guys coming. They've got four freshmen. They've got uh, a transfer in Lunsford that they just signed. So they're they're not they're not hurting in numbers, but for certainly for the spring, you've got to be careful with how you bring that group along. And it's a good opportunity mm-hmm. for guys like uh, you know Marlon Martinez, who's going to be. Uh, getting some first-team reps at center, um, certainly Garrett Dellinger. Uh, hopefully he can stay healthy um, and uh, assert himself as a starter. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a good it was a good first day. Um, I would say we got uh, an opportunity to see a, a bunch of the newcomers. Um, you know, Dylan was looking at the defense for most of the day, so I'll, our, our, uh, I'll let him talk about some of the new, new defensive players that he watched. But um, offensively for me, uh, certainly got a chance to see uh, Ricky Collins, the, the freshman quarterback, throw a couple. Um, they kind of took the quarterbacks away from us. You know, on the, we were on one side of the field, and they had another backfield that they took them to um, towards the end. But still got to see him launch a few deep passes. Uh, Nussmeyer got to see him throw a couple um, in just these the, these drills that they were doing. So um, yeah, it was a good it was a good day. I think it was you know pretty long I, I, actually after the the, the Brian Kelly. Uh, you know, interview and everything. We, we we made sure to get a bunch of stuff up on the site for for all you folks, and um, think think we did a really good job. And I think now it's just, yeah. I mean, you you don't really learn a whole lot in one twenty minute session, but hopefully we'll get a lot more opportunity here to uh, to check this thing out and see how they're progressing throughout the spring. Glenn, one of the things you hit on was the running back room. So, guys, let's kind of talk about this. Dylan, I'll go to you first. I mean, you were there. Uh, only Noah Kane and Trey Holly were, were the guys participating. Now, we know about Josh Williams. We know about Amarty Goodwin uh, in the sense. But John Emery Jr., which has just been uh, – look, I've only been with you guys for – this is now – we're now hitting month three. Um, and I feel like I've already been through the ringer of, of different conversations about this. And so – uh, in the best way, I mean, what do you make, Dylan, of this situation with John Emery Jr.? Obviously, there's a lot of rumors circulating. We don't quite know what the exact fact of the situation is. But I think it's concerning to see, you know, this late into his tenure and his career at LSU, we're still kind of having some of the same issues pop up. Yeah, well, I'll give you a little – I'll start this with a little piece of of, of a fun fact. Um A little over two years ago, my first ever headline covering LSU was John Henry Jr. lawyer updates on his situation. Um, So this this whole John Emery, the John Henry saga has been going on for forever, and I imagine fans are probably a little sick and tired of it. Um, For a while, it was like, is it LSU's fault that – you know, the academics, like he did fail a class, but it was because it wasn't on his schedule for some reason, um, which was the, the, the situation for a long time. But now, um, obviously, I don't know. Oh, we don't know all the details, but it sounds more like it's an, a big thing for this coaching staff. Um, and even when he comes back and gets his grades right, which won't be this week because he's on spring break. So he doesn't, there's nothing he can do this week um it it seems like he has a long way to fight to even 
come back. It's, Brian Kelly was not talking about him like a guy that's like, hey, we need to get him back right now. It was a guy that's like, hey, he needs to figure out himself, and then maybe we can figure out something else about him. And that's just kind of how it's been with him. It's it's an accountability thing. Like, he, it, It's frustrating because the talent is there, but it's mm-hmm. we don't know when or if we're ever going to see that talent on the field on a week-to-week basis. Every week it feels like you got to go and you're like, well, the first person I got here early – first person I need to look out is John Emery out there. <laughs> like it, it's, yeah. it's a week to week thing. You don't know. And it's just getting a little frustrating for fans at this point. And that's honestly understandable at this point. Real quick, Glenn, before I throw it to you, I want to point out the quote that you put in your article. Uh, and this is what Kelly said on Thursday was that John is focused strictly on his academics. So he's got some marks that he has to hit from that standpoint before we talk about football. And then he says this again, essentially, this next sentence, his primary focus is on academics and getting his degree. Then we'll talk about football. So, Glenn, I mean, that kind of affirms and confirms what Dylan was saying. It's academics first. Um, you know, look, th- we know this running back room is loaded. You and I talked about when we previewed this group that, uh, you know, there was maybe some worry in the May transfer portal. Would something come open uh, for Emory? I mean, in this situation – are you surprised? What do you make of it? What do you make of Kelly's comments about uh, the young man? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's a lot more of the same, you know, kind of going back to what Dylan said. We've been writing these stories now for several years since since John got to campus about, you know, him not being kind of up to speed with the academic side of things. And and look, from everything we've heard, I mean, like, he, he he's a good dude. Like, I mean, there's no off-field concerns with him in terms of, you know, late night stuff or anything like that. This is all strictly on his academic side. Like he's just Mm got to get that under control. Um, And, you know, I think there's a concerted effort this spring to make sure that he's in good standing with, you know, all of that heading into fall. So he can worry about only football when fall gets here. Um, So if he can get through the spring, get through the summer, um, you know, I think that is certainly the, the right course of action for him. Um, it, it does make me wonder what they do in the portal after this spring because um, you could be looking at a situation where Armani Goodwin's not going to be ready until the fall. Mm-hmm. You've got Josh Williams who's coming back from a, a, a knee injury. Um, you don't know what Emory's standing is going to be in the fall. Um, you've got a couple of young guys, a couple of young freshmen. Uh, and we honestly don't know about Caleb Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I like mean, his uh, his availability. Yeah, yeah. He he's battling a little bit of an injury too. So, do they look into the portal? I mean, you know, I think we were talking a lot of this off season about did one of those veterans hit the portal, um, and then what happens? But I, I think just kind of the uncertainty around that room right now. You have to look either way. If there's a guy that mm-hmm. goes into the portal um, that you think can help your team next year, can be a kind of maybe not exactly like a Noah Kane in terms of his game, but like in terms of his presence and availability and knowing what you're going to get out of him. If there's a guy like that, that you see in the portal, you, you pull the trigger on that and you go get him and you bring him into this room. Um, even if that means you're, cal- you're, you're, you're bringing in seven guys into the fall. I mean, I think you, you've got to find some more dynamic playmaking out of that group. And if a guy like Emery's not going to be available, you've got to find it from somewhere else. And so, uh, I do think that it's going to be something else you have to look at uh, after the spring. Yeah, yeah you I, mentioned like the absurdity of bringing in seven guys, but this group 
this whole same group was not good enough last year in terms of depth <laughs> to get a, I mean, you, you know, you're bringing in the two young guys, but really who knows about their availability? Um, it just wasn't it's, enough. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think that the, what we're essentially talking about is the uncertainty of what you have right now. You could roll in with seven guys. You could also roll in with six guys eligible, maybe five if you no know, another guy's hurt, if Goodwin's not ready, so I think that's going to be something that uh, we really haven't talked a lot about, a lot about Glenn. And you mentioned it. We've talked about who's going to leave. Well, maybe they need to add somebody, and so that'll be something interesting to kind of watch. What does this staff figure out over the next course of a couple of weeks to say, hey, how do we sit at this running back position? Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, another topic that I wanted to bring up in spring practice was Kelly's comments about year one to year two. Now, look, a lot of it has been made. We've talked about it. There's been a lot of articles. How do they make the transition? What changes? How does Kelly take the next step? Um, one quote that I thought was interesting, I included it in my piece on Thursday, was the fact that Kelly was talking about, we had to talk about how to practice. We we had to talk about, and it's something that I think when we talk foundational guys, that we sometimes gloss over. When a new coach comes in, he's going to have a standard for everything, like how they conduct themselves at practice, um, You know, not com- necessarily complaining, not putting so much stock into winning a drill specifically. And what was talked about on Thursday and what seems to be the mindset of this team, Kelly essentially said, we couldn't talk in these terms about this team last season. Um, so it seems like and it feels like that – I don't want to say from a roster construction standpoint they have more of what they want, but I think that is also true. But from a mindset and a buy-in, I think this group gets a little bit more. Glenn, was that kind of something that you saw and kind of see, you know, the coaches? I know it's only 20 minutes. You don't get to see a ton. But Kelly talked about it. He said, we can just talk about competing. We're not having to teach guys necessarily things to do. We're watching these players compete, uh, and under they understand the bigger picture of what spring practice is about. Yeah, so I think coming into this um, this spring, I think there was an expectation or really a mindset that you know you, LSU was going to be working from a much more advantageous position than they were a year ago at this time. I mean, a year ago at this time, you're right. You're talking about you know accountability and building a foundation and all those words that are thrown out there, uh, trying to set a culture, that kind of thing. And I think they have enough of a foundation, enough of a returning presence uh, this year um, that despite the fact that they brought in, you know, I think 36 or, you know, 37 new players into the program this year. Um, They have done a really good job of also getting back some players that can help you lead in that way and and have seen it for a year, know what the expectations are, uh, relay that to the guys that are 
you know, new to the program uh, and kind of get off the ground a little bit quicker than maybe they did last year when everybody was in the same boat. So um, I think that's really the biggest takeaway in terms of all that. I mean, that, I mean, you've got guys like Nussmeyer who are leading the charge in that respect. And um, they, they, they've got the, the leaders, the, the, the SWAT leaders already, you know, kind of uh, laid out for them this year. So uh, that's going to be really important for those guys to, to, you know, make sure that all those, those players beneath them are, are, are doing their thing. And then they're, they're, they're being accountable. They're um, doing the daily habits they set up. Um, And that's, that's, that's really what that's all about. I think it's going to be really important to see, um, you know, guys like Denver Harris who came from another program in some turmoil. Uh, He had some, some off field stuff going along with him how does he respond in this first couple you know, months with the program um, now that he's here? He's going to be a huge part of what you're doing uh, in the secondary moving forward. He's got to be. I mean, he's got to be a guy that you can rely on at cornerback. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, like there's, there's just a lot of uh, new personalities in this room or in this locker room now. Um, and it's going to be on the guys that were here last year who have seen how it's done. Uh, to make sure that everybody is is moving forward and pulling in the same direction. Dylan, any thoughts on that from what you saw? I mean, just kind of uh, kind of goes back to the first original question: the vibe I and mean, the the confidence this group has going in uh, to year two. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw the coaches even in practice look a little bit more confident than the first spring practice of last year. They. Uh, not that they looked disorganized last year. I think even spring last year, we were impressed with the organization, but it just seemed they were more commanding. It felt like they've been in more of a groove with a lot of these guys. Some of the new guys were, you know, getting in. Um, one thing that impressed me a lot, um, I posted a video of it in, in the video, but uh, Harold Perkins uh, coaching Whit Weeks through a drill, like, Stuff like that is, I think, going to be huge for this team. Um, and obviously, huge Harold Perkins. <laughs> I mean, that guy. Come on. Uh, switching to number four, Whitweeks, the new 40. So it was a, co- a cool little thing of the old 40 with the new 40. Um, just stuff like that. LaTerrence Welsh is uh, obviously what I noticed in, uh, in in the cornerback room. He, I think he's the longest-tenured LSU Tiger in the cornerback room. Uh, more. And uh, they looked to rely on him a lot in the drills in terms of showing them what to do. He His rapport with the coaches is obviously the best. Um, and he looked confident in what he was doing. So I think that you should – we could expect a, a, a bigger role for him in the, in the defense this year, which should be the plan anyway, uh, if they want to have homegrown talent. But some people thought he might get lost in the mix with all of the transfers coming in. But – I think uh, Laterrence Welsh was a, was a good personality in that in that cornerback room. At least he looked the most comfortable. And yeah. um, what were you gonna say? I was gonna I was, I was gonna keep going, but Dylan, you keep rolling, my man. You got more content. <laughs> um, Let's keep it flowing. Um, I also wanted to talk about uh, in in the Jack linebacker room. Uh, an important note: uh, we got Braden Swinson and Ovio Gufo coming in um, from Texas and uh, Oregon, and I think it's a reminder from last year that not all 6'4", 250 looks the same or is built the same. 
because B- shout out to BJ Ojolari, but those two guys are like built and they look they look like they're not going to be the finesse guys that mm. uh, BJ Ojolari is. They look strong and they look big for uh, the Jack linebacker position. So it'll be interesting to see how that role is uh, is contained because it's also hard to imagine them in coverage. I mean, good to them if they can do it, but uh, yeah, they just look big and they wanted they stood out physically. So I wanted to to point to that um, as LSU tries to, I think, from last year to this year, something that needs to improve a lot is the pass rush. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens with these new guys. Yeah, you talked about new guys, Glenn, and in your piece as well. You also kind of talked about this offensive line, and Kelly essentially said in that final quote. He says, we're going to have to meet on how we navigate the second group because we can't have guys not blocked, not having a quality play. Now, this goes all into what we've been talking about. Uh, Sonny and I have seen this obviously a little bit more on the recruiting front. They are placing an emphasis on building quality depth in recruiting. But right now you have what you have on campus. Now, Mason Lunsford, the transfer, he commits um, out of Maryland, a massive human being. Um, When you look at this group, Glenn, obviously you know that you're not going to have – uh, Charles Turner for the spring. So that's that's kind of a thing where it's going to allow you to see different combinations, different pieces. How do you fill up this offensive line, and what did you take away from Kelly's comments about that group on Thursday? Yeah, I mean, I think they were you know right on the money. <laughs> he knows this team more than anybody right now, and I think one of the big things last year um, was the offensive line, and you, you needed to see some improvement from them. Um, it took them a little while in the spring, I think, last year to get going. Um, I mean, literally by the second week of practice last year, uh, Will Campbell was the starting left tackle. I mean, it was it was that quick for him, and it wasn't just because uh, he was really, really talented. It was also because they were not a lot of guys that I think they thought could play that position last year. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the fact that you're here right now, I mean, look, they have guys coming, like I mentioned, Zalance Hurd. Uh, DJ Chester, Tyree Adams, Paul Mubanga, those are all freshmen that are going to be here um, in the summer. Um, you hope that you can get those guys acclimated really quickly. Um, but right now, it's an opportunity for guys like Martinez that I mentioned and Bo Bordelon. Um, Kimo McIniel is getting a lot of first-team reps as well. Uh, those are kind of the three guys that are returning that you have behind those starters, behind Emory Jones, behind Miles Frazier, Garrett Nellinger, um, and it's of course Will Campbell. So there's, you know, there's some numbers issues for sure. Um, I think Martinez is a guy that Kelly spoke about pretty glowingly and hoping that, you know, look, we hope he's here um, after this spring, mm-hmm. but he also kind of left it open-ended and saying like, we don't know what's going to happen with them because we do know that we have a lot of these true freshmen coming in. We've obviously got Lunsford coming in as well. I mean, that's five new guys that you're going to be incorporating this summer um, and so it's going to be really about the, does those guys like Martinez, Bordelon, and McIniel, are they able to really um, kind of assert themselves as, as pieces this spring that they can really feel confident moving into the fall that they, they will be a part of um, that rotation. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be an important next several weeks for that group. Uh, they've also got to manage it. You know, you don't want to you know, risk running these guys out and, and wearing them out and risking an injury. Um, they've got to be very careful with that, um, especially with the starters. I mean, God, if somebody like Campbell or Jones gets hurt in the spring, just 
I mean, that, that would be awful. So like they've, they've mm-hmm. got to make sure that those guys are feeling good, um, that they're not overextended um, too much. Uh, they're, they're, they're developing. Um, and I think the, the, the reps that are available to them right now, um, you know, it, it's going to be really important for, for them in terms of their development. Yeah. And you mentioned too, uh, in the article talking about where Kelly had mentioned, you know, with Martinez taking those first team reps right now at center with Charles Turner out. I mean, I think for a kid like Martinez, this is, this spring's huge because he gets to really see where does this coaching staff value me and where can I provide the most value? You know, what does his versatility look like in case something like that happens before all these guys? Cause I think, um, I don't, I, I think that you put it here in the article, but I remember watching the press conference and, and Kelly saying, look, we've got guys coming. We've got, we have talent coming in the summer. And you mentioned those names uh, earlier in the show, but we've got to figure out what we can do this spring to make sure I think the int- have intentional reps, like, Look, you don't want to put – I was the guy in high school, guys, that they just put in when they needed a body. You don't want that if you're LSU. You don't want to walk on having to come in just so you can have a body to be able to run drills. I don't think that's a situation that anyone, a fan, coach, Kelly, they don't want any of this. So it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate this. And, Glenn, like you said, I mean, go ahead and find some wood, knock on it. Yeah. Uh, no no injuries needed all along that offensive line. It'll be interesting to see how they navigate that. So, yeah, so with the guys that they have right now, I think probably the most interesting kind of scenario is do they try Emory Jones inside at all? Do they slide him mm-hmm. into guard? Do they give him any reps? I think there are a lot of people that think that might be his future position is at guard, whether it's on the right or left-hand side. We don't know. Um, but if you do that, I mean, you if you try him out there, I think that is – um, a really good indication that you think one of these freshmen can be available. And that's certainly uh, Zalance Hurd is the guy that kind of sticks in everyone's mind. I think mm-hmm. if Zalance Hurd, the five-star tackle, he's top 20 player in the country, if he comes in and he's ready to play, um, you're looking at a potential starting lineup of Will Campbell and Miles Frazier on the left side. You're looking at uh, Charles Turner at center, Emory Jones at right guard, and Zalance Hurd at right tackle. That's a big time lineup. I mean, that's a yeah. really, really solid foundation for your offensive line, um, and and you certainly have to wait and see what happens with Hurd if he's ready or not. Uh, I think he just watching him and watching kind of his um, development over the last you know senior year that he had at Neville High School. I, I could absolutely see him coming in and being ready right away. Uh, he's huge. I mean, he's just a guy that, and he's he's also really an athletic freak for a guy his size. So. Um, you know, I think that's going to be really, uh, really interesting to see if they try Jones at all at guard, um, what, what that rotation might look like. Um, you know, you'll certainly keep him at right tackle as well. But um, that that's going to be the biggest thing, at least for the offensive line that I'm going to be looking at uh, in terms of an individual player, maybe, uh, you know, moving around a little bit. I mean, we've seen a Will Campbell and uh, Zalance Hurd anchored offensive line before. And it turns out it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, be interesting to watch. I'm I'm excited to see Glenn. You kind of gave your person Dylan. Anybody else that you're kind of maybe a sleeper? You you mentioned a couple guys names to kind of watch throughout the rest of spring practice. Um, hmm. anybody on defense? Yeah, anybody yeah, you're excited about um, on defense? Well, something some guy that we have had again. We've had to watch every week to figure out what he's doing is Fitzgerald West, <laughs> um, because he's listed as offensive lineman. 
And then he goes to work with the defensive line. And then whenever he's listed as a defensive lineman, he ends up working with the offensive line. We don't really know. It seems like he's just a guy who is there and can do both. And so they're just going to keep having him do both to figure out where they want him. And so, again, as you mentioned, they have another body in, in both of those groups, I guess. Um, in terms of people to watch, obviously we're going to be watching Mason Smith, who it's important to note still not practicing. Uh, with that injury from the first second series of this of the season, just the most unfortunate thing ever. Still not practicing. He's out there uh, running at least, doing non-contact drills. Um, so I mean, with that, maybe he'll be ready by fall. But I don't. I wouldn't expect to see him back this spring. Uh, that's not a rush. And then um, Aaron Anderson, if you're able to get him back anytime yeah. soon, will be a guy that's going to need to watch. And then lastly, a guy who I think has immediately come, a new guy who has immediately come in and made his presence known and I think will 100% be a starter is Omar Spates, linebacker out of Oregon State. Um, He looked really smooth, really good in all the drills. Obviously, it was the first day of drills, but as good as you can look, he looked. Um, So I think we're looking at an Omar Spates, Harold Perkins linebacker room this year and you could certainly do worse i think yeah we talked about that in our linebacker preview as well i mean greg i think penn spates is gonna bring too. yeah greg penn's yeah, gonna be penn. a fun one to watch uh he's gonna be a fun one to watch there's a, there's a lot of fun things to watch and that is a good reason to stay tuned subscribe to the podcast and make sure that you are signed up for a vip subscription glenn and uh, dylan like that little segue right there nice uh, that, that's why they hired me that's why they hired me it's all about the yep. transitions that's what they have to do. I appreciate the uh, the applause. Hey, this is the Go 24-7 Podcast talking spring practice. If you liked it, make sure to give us a thumbs up button down below and hit that subscribe button if you're listening on podcast form as well. Make sure to follow us there. We'll see you on the boards. We will see you uh, not too long till the spring game will be here, end of kind of middle to end of April. Uh, going to be a lot of fun to uh, get inside Tiger Stadium. And I'll say this again. I spent a little time in Baton Rouge, and I'm not just saying it, guys, because I'm – you know, surrounded in the purple and gold background and everything, truly one of the most passionate fan bases I have ever seen and experienced in person. Ever experienced in person, and it's uh, it's, it's going to be a fun time. Bryce's sure wife saying you're going to. Bryce's wife is a diehard Falcons fan, though, Dylan. We're going to have oh, to get on. Mm, no. Had to out her. You had to out her. No. Okay, so so listen. Let let's let's just say this now, Dylan. You and I have a mutual friend, Ross Jackson. Obviously, does great work uh, mm-hmm. covering the Saints. Mm-hmm. I can give up my Hawks fandom to be a Pelicans fan. I'm, I'm okay with it. Glenn and I talked about it. There's a lot I mean, of similarities. I mean, that's – Ooh, no, the Hawks. <laughs> but I know, they're that much of a threat, right? Where it's going to be tough is when Atlanta comes to play New Orleans, uh, depending mm. if the LSU's away. Like, I might put on the Kyle Pitts jersey. Uh, you know, Kyle Pitts, that tight end that Atlanta never uses – and one of the worst fantasy picks of my draft last year. But that's a know whole the room, episode. Bryce, know the room that you're talking to right now. These are LSU Kyle fans. Pitts? Kyle and Pitts? Your yeah, connecting she, line your connecting man. line to LSU fans was Kyle Pitts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and log off for me. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and hit that, uh, hit that end recording button now. No, hey, appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and roast me in the comments section. Let me have it. Um, and, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll start a petition. I might start a, a, a petition. If it gets enough signatures from the LSU fan base, uh, my wife and I will burn all of our Falcons gear and we'll post it on social media. How about that? Does that sound good? Live on stream. What do you think about that? You good with that, Dylan? 
<laughs> I don't know if YouTube would like, would like that, but I'm bound. <laughs> Saints YouTube. The Saints YouTube would like no, that. Yeah. They, okay, yes, yeah, yeah. All I got to say is 28-3. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.